here we are again. It's another opportunity that we get to come and share with you on What's Up Cuz. I am Dr. David Brock, and I am in the studio with the great, fabulous, beautiful Dr. Sharon McDaniel. She told me one time, y'all, she comes just so I can introduce her that That's way. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? Well, how are you? What's going on? How you doing? I'm living a dream. Good, I good. Te- I keep saying if it gets any better, it's not going to be fair to anybody else. I can hear you, and I, I, I receive that. Yes, indeed. It's a great <laughs> opportunity to be here again with another episode of our What's Up Cuz podcast. I'm grateful for the opportunity to bring another episode to our listeners, and it's always my honor and pleasure to be in studio with you as we bring relevant uh, topics and information to the uh, ears and hearts of the people that listen in. So we thank each of you, our podcast listeners, and we hope that you will share uh, what you're learning and gleaning, and you will get us some other people to tune into our podcast, share, and let somebody know you heard a great podcast with these two doctors who get on and just share relevant information. So we know that this month, April, is Child Abuse Prevention Month. And we know that those of us us that know you Mm -hmm. know that this is what you live and breathe. And this is your call. As the Bible says in Jeremiah, before your mama met your daddy, God formed (laughs) you and ordained you to do this work. So we know know that this is this is your call. And we know those of us that know you and know your history and your work. We know that this is something that that you live every single day. So why don't you just tell us quickly, uh, why is it important for you to bring awareness to uh, prevention of child abuse? And then uh, we have a guest that's going to join us. And why don't you introduce our guest who will be with us today? Absolutely. And um, as you said, this is really important to me. It's my life's work. Um, As many of you all know, um, or you don't know for the listening audience, I grew up in foster care. It's called kinship care now. I grew up with relatives who were not my blood relatives, but a part of my father's extended family. And so um, my life's purpose is just really to bring attention to young people who no fault of their own or struggling or dealing with issues, family crisis, that sometimes they end up in the child welfare system. And so what we know by data is that more children end up in care because of neglect, not abuse, so not sexual or physical abuse, but because of neglect. And it might be because somebody didn't have enough money to buy food or children may not have gone to school or um, drug and alcohol addiction. And so I really wanted to center um, this conversation on an opportunity for us just to talk with a couple of thought leaders um, in this sector in terms of what does Child Abuse Prevention Month mean to them in the context of their everyday work. And so um, just wanted to hear, have our listeners just hear something different, but something meaningful. And I'm really helping them to think about um, when they see a young person, what is their responsibility and how do we also understand what may be going on that also sometimes you get the wrong information And this will also help us with some information that maybe um, that will be tingled to to our ears to say we want to volunteer or we want to do something in terms of giving um, resources to a community based organization. So we're looking forward to the conversation. Oh, great. I'm great. I know that this is something that I've done and I do. You know, I've been in that space. I had the opportunity of raising some my nieces and nephews Mm -hmm. and having them in my home. But also, you know, I I told somebody one time I'm grateful. 
uh, I was in in a situation and and I realized that the situation wasn't good for me because it would probably lend me to being in a position where I may do harm to a child Mm. and and not because I'm an evil person or anything like that. It could be because I'm not giving them the attention that they needed. Uh, I see. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I remember saying I'm in the business of healing children and helping children and not hurting them. And I think people need to be brought into just a, a mindset of, of being more aware yes. of, of what we're dealing with. You know, just in the news the other day, I, I was listening to a story this morning uh, of a young man that, that just rang the doorbell mm-hmm. trying to pick up his brothers, mm-hmm. you know, from an overnight sleepover and was shot by somebody. And just just the things that are going on that we sometimes you might say, well, how in the world is that? Because, again, someone's prejudice someone's fear someone whatever and so this line of work is so critical so I want to thank you for for giving yourself to this work and I'm excited to hear from our guests so why don't you introduce our guests and 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 bring them on and doc you know what I think this now this person makes our fourth guest so we are right we're rolling we're rolling rolling we're we're important now important (laughs) (laughs) so I have um, the pleasure and honor to introduce Lisa Chambers and she is um, a member of leadership at a second chance, but we'll have her come on and she can introduce herself in what she does. And then again, centering the question, what does child abuse prevention month mean to her in the context of her everyday work? So Lisa, are you there? Are you ready to join us? Yes, I am. Good afternoon, Dr. McDaniel and Dr. Brock. It's so good to be here with some old friends of mine today. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Welcome to the What's Up Cuz podcast. We're so grateful for your time. Absolutely, Lisa. My cousin. What's up, Cuz? What's, What's up, Cuz? <laughs> it's so delighted. To, we're so delighted to hear your voice and just your energy, Lisa, is always just amazing. And we enjoy working with you every day. And so you've been in um, the child welfare uh, sector for a very long time. So just tell our listeners a little bit about what you do, what you have done in the past, and what you're doing right now. I work at a second chance, which is a nonprofit organization I'm located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And some of the work that I oversee at a second chance is one, our ASCI university and which is our um, training curriculum for our new hires, as well as professional development. So for those leaders who are moving up from supervisor to director and director to executive, that we have a full learning path for those leaders through our academies, and our essential skills for leadership. I also oversee our navigator program and also our training for our kinship caregivers as they are going through the licensing process. In my prior life, before coming over to the nonprofit space, I used to work for Allegheny County Department of Human Services, and I had multiple jobs there, but I will only speak to the one, which I was the manager over the court relations department. And so I built the relationships between the court and the department to keep the court abreast of those changes that were happening in the department and vice versa. As the court was moving to different shifts and paradigms, then I would also inform the department of the work that was happening on the court as new rules were coming out. So it was more around policy and practice, but also ensuring that we were prepared, our caseworkers at the time, were prepared to be able to present the case before the court with our county solicitors. So I worked with all disciplines within the court, the parent advocates, the child advocates, as well as the county attorneys. 
Sounds like you were a bit a bit busy, I and I also say. at the second chance. I well, don't know who has you doing all that work over there? <laughs> I, um, her name is uh, Doctor McDaniel. Two times. You know, we we say it ex- a second chance. How many jobs you have now? <laughs> if well, you only got one, you ain't working. You're at not working chance. at a second you chance. Be, you have got to be pushed to be able to really meet the needs of the people, and so. Family, as you all um, may know about me, but the listeners do not know, family is very important to me. And so it was a natural progression for me to come and work at a second chance because it's all about kin. And I have those blood relationship kins, and then I have those kin folks that have been a part of my life, and I look at them just the same as a blood relationship. Well, that's what I I really appreciate you about you so much, Lisa, as I have gotten to know you over the years. You really, your family is just a beautiful family um, inside and out. And you all just take, you know, give me your tired, your poor, everything, you know, you just take all of us in, you know. So I really appreciate um, how you stand in liberty, if you will, for all families. And, um, And so as we think about Child Abuse Prevention Month, just wanted to just center your voice on, what do you think about when you hear Child Abuse Prevention Month and your roles, your multiple roles, quite frankly, um, in terms of uh, child abuse? And, and, and how do you shape and, and think about the work that you do every day in terms of combating this issue? Well, really what I think about at first is around educating. Educating the public is because while we have these rules and regulations which are a part of Pennsylvania that defines what child abuse is, is the public fully aware of what child abuse is? And oftentimes people are called for their lack of knowledge. And it's not necessarily abuse. Uh, You kind of started it that way from the beginning where you talked about majority of the cases are around neglect. Mm -hmm. And so it's really getting people to financial stability, to be able to provide their services and things for their children. So when I think of it, I think of it more about going upstream and talking about the prevention. So what does prevention look like in the community? Mm-hmm. What are those resources that are available to moms and dads? And oftentimes we discount dads in their child's relationship. That's right. We do. And so how do we begin to look at family differently? Because everyone's family looks different. But it's not good or bad. It's just different. And so how do we begin to put the information in the community so that people have the knowledge? Because for me, knowledge is power. And connecting people to the resources that are available within their community so that they can thrive. That's really good. You know, and I'm thinking about the... Um, Children's Bureau, they have their national theme for Child Abuse Prevention Month is um, they say it's doing things differently, moving from challenge to change. So that's the theme. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Lisa, is this whole notion of going upstream to reimagine working with families and working with communities in a different way. And so I really appreciate that. And if for our listeners, if you um, were to say, one thing that they can do differently in terms of their relationship when they see young people or if they're volunteering somewhere, what would you give them as a, as a nugget of wisdom? Well, that's a very good question. It's, it's, it's not looking at the youth as, let me say it this way. I think the community today is afraid of the young people. Mm -hmm. And where did that fear come from? 
when do we begin to start being fearful of our youth instead of pouring into our youth? That's so good. Giving words of encouragement, picking out their strengths, showing them the strengths that lie within them. I know growing up, I mean, the church was where we always went, and I, I know that may not be for everyone, but there was always someone in the community that always was your watchdog, if you will, mm-hmm. that looked out for you, that also let your parent know if it looked like you were going down the wrong path. We have to get back in our neighborhoods, especially in the African-American neighborhoods, not to be fearful, but to pour out to the children. And it's our all of our responsibility to ensure their safety. So if we see a child that may seem like they may be going on to a path that may not be in their best interest, where do we, as an adult, provide that intervention for that youth? Well, that, in that, the community. That's very good, Lisa Iris. When you were talking, it made me go back to growing up in East Liberty on Brainard Street. And we had a man on our street named Mr. Roy. Mr. Roy lived up the street, but Mr. Roy knew what all the kids mm-hmm. was doing. And my mother would come home from work, and Mr. Roy would be coming down the street saying, Miss Brock, them boys did this. They did that. They did that. Mr. Roy was there. And, but it it lends back to uh, one of the things that, you know, those listeners that don't know, I also worked at, at, uh, for several years at a Second Chance, and I still work with uh, Dr. McDaniel and the team at a Second Chance. And one of the things that we talk about is it takes a village to mm-hmm. raise a child. Mm-hmm. And to your point, yeah. Lisa, it's seems that we've gotten away from that village concept when it comes to raising our children. And somehow we've gotten into that concept of don't say nothing to my child. Don't do nothing to my child. And, you know, back in the day when I grew up, if a teacher, we, we were fearful if the school called home, Yes, we were. We, we did yeah. not want the school to call home. Yeah, don't, don't, whatever you do, beat me, <laughs> discipline me, paddle me. But that was when we were able to do that in the school back then. I'm dating myself, you know, but do all of that. Tie me up, crucify me, but don't call my mother. Don't call home. But now, you know, you call home in the, in the, parents start fighting the, the, the teacher yeah, and fussing at the day. school different you know it, it's a different day but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right we do need that village concept back in our communities if we're going to really really uh bring change to our community so that was a good comment lisa i appreciate and for me, that. that is the that's the prevention piece because where are all of the community services if you think about things that we used to just have growing up you had community centers that you were able to go to, which were safe places to play, to hang out, do games. Um, But where did the kids go today? Right. That's absolutely right. And I really appreciate, you know, Lisa, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the old adage, each one reach one. And um, yeah, yeah, and I, and I think that that going upstream, reimagining and each one reach one and not being afraid of our young people because our young people are looking, looking for us, um, to assist in their process. And so I know that you have other things that you have going on in your life today. And so we just want to thank you for stopping by to say, to what's up cuz and, um, get lending your voice and centering your voice in, um, this very important topic this month. So thank you so much for all that you do every day for, um, this sector. And just thank you so much for being our friend and coming to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me lift up my voice because children are, are most important to me and you know that family is as well. And so we're all in this together to helping one another in the communities in which we live and serve. So thank you so much. Thank I believe you. I'm called to the work, so I'll continue on in the work. 
Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> awesome. you. That's awesome. And thank you for all that you do to keep and make sure children are safe and thriving. Thanks, Lise. We'll Thanks, talk Lise. to you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Talk you to you too. all soon. All right. Bye-bye. So it was great talking with Lisa Chambers, but we also have another guest that is going to share with us today uh, around uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month. And we know that this work is so critical. And as Lisa had pointed out, uh, Dr. Sharon, there's uh, so many people that are, she made a point, let me say it this way. She said, I'm called to the work. Yes. And you have to feel uh, called to this work because if you're not called to, the, everybody can't do it. No. Everybody cannot do this work. Everybody's not called to the, the line of work that you all do. And so we're uh, pleased and excited to have also joining us the COO of A Second Chance. Uh, he is uh, Brace Lowe. Uh, a person that has been working in this arena in many facets. Uh, he is the creator of Camp Copes, a yes. sports program for young people, and uh, a former basketball. He says a legend, but we'll just hold on to that for right now. We, you know, we, the jury's still out on that or whatever. No, but, he's a legend. But, but, <laughs> but we're grateful to have uh, Brace uh, Lowe. He is the COO of A Second Chance, and he has worked tirelessly uh, in this uh, line of work and has done and dedicated himself to many years of service to children and families. So, uh, Doc, why don't you just set it up? Um, we'll have a conversation with Brace. Uh, Brace, you're on the line, and we we'll thank you for joining us on What's Up, Cuz, the podcast that we use to bring uh, relevant information to our listening community. So we want to thank you for giving us some time and coming on the podcast today. How are you, sir? Um, well, how are you? And what's up, cousin? <laughs> what's, you know? up? <laughs> what's up, cuz? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Cousins, uncles, you know how it goes. Uh, so I appreciate you all calling me in and having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate all that you do. Um, why don't you do me a favor, take a half a second and uh, introduce yourself to the listeners. And then, uh, Dr. Sharon, we'll pivot to you and, and you can just ask Brace uh, our, our lead questions and we'll talk with him. But Brace, why don't you take a second and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into this line of work. Well, yeah. Um, you know, uh, my name is Bryce Lowe once again, and um, I am from the Pittsburgh area. Um, grew grew up, born and raised in Pittsburgh. Um, you all alluded to me playing basketball. I did play basketball um, coming up fr through the East Liberty area, um, East Liberty Homewood area. I'm originally from the Hill District, and then went to college on basketball scholarship. Played at the University of Buffalo, and then somebody thought I was good enough to play in, um, you know, semi-pro league, but not in the pro league um, back in the 80s. You couldn't get to the, the NBA um, as easy as you can now, and, and I probably wasn't good enough anyway. But anyway. Uh, we, we don't know we, about we that. Doubt that. We, we don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. You know. Such humility. So after college, <laughs> I kind of um, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and um, one of the things that I had went to school for was just, to work with young men and boys and children in the community, the community that I came from. I had um, four other siblings, brothers who was raised with me. And so, and we were raised around a lot of kids in the community. And as I was coming up, I kind of seen a lot of the challenges in the community. And so that's how I first got started in this work on the juvenile justice side. And then I kind of evolved to the child well-being side. And then we've kind of combined the two after I've met Dr. Sharon and then the rest is history. So it's been 
over 30 years now, about 32 years, even though I'm 33 years old. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you have not aged a single bit. At Absolutely. All. For real. But you're, you're like good wine. You get better with time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Thank Bryce, you. as you talked about um, just your, you know, upbringing and seeing young folks and just being a part of the community and around athletics and, and other areas, but you also um, have your own um, nonprofit. Can you talk to us about a lift empowerment? Cause I know that you really want to empower you. So can you talk about that before I ask you the question about the child abuse prevention month? Well, yes, lift empowerment was, was something that kind of was developed from the old, I had an old, um, corporation called Upscale Enterprises, and it was really geared first around giving young men something to do um, during those summer months to be able to then prepare themselves to go to school and then to have a plan, either post-secondary education or to move into the workforce. And we know everybody isn't going to always go to college, and so one of the things that I was seeing in the community was that being a person that grew up in the community, I didn't have a father. A lot of um, my friends did not have fathers in the home. And so back in those days, other men always came around and kind mm -hmm. of stepped to the plate mm -hmm. and would fill in kind of uh, as surrogate fathers, if you will. And so you use coaches, you use um, pastors, you use different people in the community to fill in the blanks for the biological father that wasn't there. And Lift Empowerment, we wanted to be an extension of that. We wanted to be an extension of giving young men a blueprint to be able to create um, a way through life doing things the right way. Excellent. And it was my life experiences of doing things the wrong way the first half of my life, where at some point where I reached around the age 30, 32, I, um, I made the decision um, it was time to get to work. Mm, mm -hmm. and, and I want young people to be able to get to work sooner, have fun, but have fun with the blueprint in mind of understanding that you have to have a game plan to get to where you need to go. And we want to show young men and women how to do that. So that's what the department is all about. Oh, that is excellent. And thank you so much for your transparency. You know, sometimes, you know, I always look at those, um, our lived experiences, what informs us, but it doesn't necessarily define who we are ultimately. And so I really appreciate your transparency and where you are and just the your love um, and, and, and joy that you get from young people, particularly young black boys who are looking for that father figure. So thank you so much for that. And so as we think about um, this month and we're thinking about Child Abuse Prevention Month, we know that there's a lot of information that we're saturated with this month. But I really wanted to center your voice on just thinking about what Child Abuse Prevention Month means to you in the context of your everyday work. And so that's at a second chance, lift empowerment and the other things that you do in the community. So just in your own words, what do you want our audience to know about Child Abuse Prevention Month? Because there's a lot of misnomer about what child abuse really is. We know that more children come into care because of neglect versus physical or sexual abuse. And so what are your thoughts about um, this month and what does it mean to you? Well, yeah, thank you for um, having the discussion about this very important topic and it means a lot to me just the awareness in terms of 
um, the work that we do all year and then kind of bringing it full circle and recognizing it um, this month. And this month is really about continuing to raise the awareness, Mm -hmm. the awareness about the prevention methodologies that need to continue um, around the awareness and the prevention of child abuse and neglect that we know that goes on in our communities. And one of the things, as I was mentioning, as I was talking about lift empowerment, one of the things that someone brought to me long years ago in terms of risk indicator factors, um, usually are things that are unknown. Mm. And we have what we call this empowerment checklist. And this empowerment checklist, it can be utilized in any community, any family, anywhere in terms of core essential things that are being outlined that will assist families to move through certain situations in order to try to prevent child abuse. Mm-hmm. And you, as you all both know, I have a very heavy, heavy emphasis on fathers. Yes. I think fathers are very, very important. I think they're overlooked even in the system that we work in. I think they're overlooked, period, especially African-American fathers. And my thing would be that I would really like to continue to raise the awareness and and raise people's thought processes in embracing fathers. I do believe in child support that you should have to pay for the, for the child and things of that nature. I think we need to get better as men in terms of being able to understand relationships mm. with one another. I think we need to make better informed decisions in terms of having children, being prepared to have children. Um, There always used to be a stigma on counseling and therapy and things of that nature that I think we've got to be more better aware of and erase that stigma around that. And then also our knowledge around child development. Mm -hmm. Child development is very, very important. And continuing to get back to using the village to be yes. able to raise children. That is that is a lost art these days. Mm, that's Absolutely. And so a village to raise a child, I always tell people, hey, listen, you couldn't do that back in the day. If you was out of order, somebody somebody's <laughs> grandmother put you in check and then somebody else put you in check and then you went home and then your mother put you in order. Right, absolutely. And, that, and that's how it was. And I think certainly we understand we have to mix some of the new methodology in with the old. But child, this this month, coming full circle around the awareness and people just having an understanding that it goes on every, every day. And it's, we need everyone's hand in trying to prevent what goes on in our communities. That is so true, Brace. Uh, you know, our previous guest that was on right before you, we just literally talked about that village and how important the village was. And we know uh, the second chance we preach uh, all day long that it takes a village to raise a child. And you're so right that that is a loss, a loss art uh, and something that we need to get back to because w- no one can do it all by yourself. Not no one's all. an island and you need you need help. And I, I you know when I grew up, my mother raised six boys by herself. Mm. And so to your to your point, Brace, she had enough. I, I appreciate that she realized and she told me one time, you know, she she used the church and she used the pastor and she used our uncles and other ones because she realized on her best day, she could never be a man. Mm-hmm. She could not teach That's us the things that a man needed to teach us. And so she used those surrogate 
our fathers and those those individuals in our lives. And so to your point, that is very, very powerful. So we thank you for definitely what you do with Lift Empowerment and desiring and designing to be uh, in those those gaps, as you like to always say, those stop gaps. <laughs> stop <laughs> using right. your words, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And that, the, you know, Dr. Brock, and if I could just tell a quick story yes. just to kind of bring that home. You know, my mother used to be an ambassador of the community. And it, when we were little, there was a group of us and the other kids, they didn't have fathers and things, and, and they were kind of, they possibly didn't have food, and was we didn't know if they were being neglected or what. And they used to come to my house every morning for breakfast. And I remember <laughs> one morning I was I was sick, uh, and she said, "Sorry, kids, you know, brace brace isn't coming to school today." And she, they said, "What that got to do with us? We here for breakfast." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, so listen, there's no breaks in, you know, in neglect, you know, hey, they here, they here, they got to go to school, got to go to school, the show got to go on. Right. They, yeah. they, we, so we, I, we feel, we, we feel sorry that he's not feeling well, but in the meantime, are our pancakes ready? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that is so, that's what a beautiful story. And I remember you telling me that, um, Brace, but I think what I also love is just the idea of community that you um, and your family is just centered. And I think because you saw what your mom did, that's also why perhaps you have um, uh, really chosen this sector to be a part of. So thank you so much for sharing your story, but also your wisdom. And so um, we know that you are super busy, but I wanted just to um, ask you if you would just leave the audience with just one thought. So if you were to say to our audience, if you would do this, life could be better for a child, what would that be? If we would just be more empathetic, empathetic, to your time, empathetic to your knowledge, your willingness, and your willingness to just listen and hear and then be able to react. I would say be empathetic in those ways. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. You know, I mean, we um, could not have crafted this any better. You know, we had Lisa, your colleague, our colleague before you, and then you, you really have really, all we wanted to do was just center your voice um, as an African-American man and leader in this nation in the child welfare space so that people could hear um, your voice and what you deal with every day and just your innermost thoughts. And so we can't thank you enough for joining us uh, today um, just uh, as we think about Child Abuse Prevention Month. Absolutely. Thank you for having me anytime. I'll be ready to, for any other topic. Uh, we're we're going to call you on the relationship. Say, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we got a show. We're going to do a yeah, relationship show. Today. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely bring That's you on right. that on that show. But brace it in, as 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 Dr. Sharon had said. Man, thank you for your commitment every day to the lives of children and what you do to make sure children are safe and thriving. I have been in your personal space. And I've watched you answer the phone late at night, early in the morning and be in meetings late and travel the country trying non-stop. to make a difference mm-hmm. nonstop, always given. Even when you yourself may not have been feeling well, I've watched you uh, even in times when you may not have been feeling well. Give yourself to the cause. So on behalf of children everywhere, we thank you for we what you do. You. And thank you for your commitment to to children and keeping children safe and thriving, man. So we appreciate your time. We'll let you go because there may be a child that needs you somewhere. But thank you for coming on What's Up, Cuz. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank Take you so care. much. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Well, Doc, here we are. We had another episode of, of What's Up, Cuz, and a, a very critical topic uh, re- regarding child uh, prevention, abuse prevention. And there's so many things that individuals can do uh, around educating themselves, yes. volunteering some time with an organization, uh, educating themselves around what the signs are. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always physical marks that, right. that indicate it could be a child. You see a change in their behavior. They seem to be withdrawn, not eating. They right. seem to be depressed or whatever else. So there are some signs. So, you know, educating yourself around the warning signs Mm -hmm. and and as Bray shared, you know, just be vigilant, keep your eyes open and pay attention and be that safe space, you know, for children. So again, to our listeners, we thank you. And, and listen, if you uh, want more on this subject, if you want to know how you can get involved, you can already reach out to a second chance incorporated in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the number there is 412-342-0. 600. I had to think about it for a minute. I had zero (laughs) 600 brain freeze or whatever. Uh, You can reach out there or you can go to their website and find out more information at www.a, the letter A, the word second chance hyphen kinship, K-I-N-S-H-I-P dot com. There you will find a wealth of information and ways that you can commit and connect with a second chance and other organizations uh, where you can make a difference. You'd be surprised how much just a little bit of your time can go a long way. So doc, why don't you give us a last closing thought on this subject? Absolutely. And thank you so much for um, uplifting a second chance. And I do want to also um, give a shout out to two other organizations for more information. You can go to childwelfare.gov and therefore you can see what's going on with the children's bureau where um, Associate Commission, Commissioner Asia Schomburg is there, as well as Commissioner Rebecca Jones-Gatson. And also you can go to caseyfamilyprograms.org, where Dr. William Bell and Dr. David Sanders and team are also putting out information in the space about child welfare um, and all the things that people can do to educate themselves on what's going on in our communities. So, Doc, with that... Hey, I say it never stops, but we can make a difference. So with that, cuz, I would say what's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? Until we come back to you again, keep the shiny side up. May God bless and keep you all. 